Well, hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is good to see you again. I'm Ryan Ruff, your moderator. It's great to have everybody back here on Advance Your Wealth with Homer Smith. Homer today enjoying some well-deserved time off. We're going to let him enjoy that today. But of course, you've got a familiar face hopping on board with me today. It's Mr. Joseph Zakora of Aptus Capital Advisors. Joseph being you know, an equity analyst and does portfolio reviews over there. And if you're a familiar uh, you know, and regular listener or viewer of our show here on Advance Your Wealth, you know that we've welcomed Joseph on in the past to get his insights into what's going on in the market out there, given the ever-changing landscape that it is, and dive into some of the trends and the different things that he and his team are seeing over at Aptus Capital Advisors. So today, here we are, we're sitting about midway through the third quarter, a lot to dive into today. So with that, let's go ahead and go ahead and welcome him on. Joseph, good to see you today. How you doing, sir? Yeah, pleasure, pleasure to be on again. Yeah, good, good to be sitting back down with you, uh, you know. Uh, Homer enjoying some time off today, but that doesn't mean we can't dive into the markets without him. Let's start at, you know, with earnings, if you will. Uh, look, we're about, uh, you know, halfway through the third quarter uh, in this, you know, 2023 year. How are things shaping up so far? What are kind of the high level snapshots, if you will, that you and your team are, are looking at? Yeah. So if you look at the third quarter earnings season period, uh, we're right in the middle of that reporting period. So right at about, uh, as of yesterday, 250 um, names out of the 500 S&P 500 names have reported. And so far, it's been pretty good, What, what is what we would say. So coming into the quarter, there was expectations for year-over-year year earnings growth to actually be negative, so not growth, um, negative to the tune of about 1%. And so far, given updates from the companies that have already reported, that number's looking like it's going to come in closer to maybe 2% year-over-year growth, which is good. Um, It's actually the first year-over-year quarterly growth that we've seen since the third quarter of 2022. So nice return to growth after several quarters of a little bit lower um, earnings on a year-over-year basis. If you look under the hood, though, um, that earnings growth has not been followed by quite as robust um, revenue growth. So you think about revenue is, of course, the top-line number that a company reports in sales earnings is what they actually make after you strip out expenses and the like. So if a company is not growing sales at the same rate that they're growing earnings, then there's really two main things that are happening there. One would be that they're doing a good job of controlling or cutting costs. And the other is that they're managing their accounting in such a way that they're able to equate a higher margin of sales into, into earnings. The neither of those really is sustainable over a longer period. You can only cut costs to some extent. And of course, kind of counting provisions are what they are. So if you kind of take something out of one period, it's hard to put it back into a to another. So there's a little bit of a question as to the earnings growth we've seen this quarter, if it really is kind of a sustainable notion going forward. And that's important because the analyst expectations um, for the fourth quarter of 2023 and then into 2024 start to reflect some more robust growth. Now, part of that is that you've got easier comparables from late 2022 into 2023, but it's also the analyst community thinking that the economy is going to continue to stay strong. And as inflation hopefully continues to come down, has come down quite a ways, 
that's a headwind toward top line sales, which is what we're seeing this quarter. So I think there's some question marks on a go forward basis. And if you see um, how the market is responding to what's happened so far, what you've seen is that um, beats, so earning beats have not been rewarded by the stock market, how they typically have historically. So if you look at earnings beats on a historical basis, on a five-year look, outperform the market on reporting day by one and a half percent. So far this earnings season, they're outperforming by 1%. And if you look at misses, so companies that are underperforming their earnings expectations, typically um, they trail the market by 2.4% on reporting day. And so far in this reporting period, it's been 3.3%. So you got a case where um, the market on the names that it liked coming in, think about some of the higher flying tech names, the AI sort of beneficiary type names. Um, These trades were pretty crowded coming into the quarter. Expectations for those names at least were pretty high. So it was uh, kind of a case of, well, if they were able to um, meet those high expectations, then we got what we wanted. If we, if we didn't, you know, there, there's a price to pay. Google was a good example of that where it traded down, um, I think, uh, nine or 10% on, on earnings day on some, some kind of, uh, disappointing cloud, uh, data from there. So, um, to kind of wrap this all back up though, earnings season has been pretty good. We talked about this last time on the show. Next quarter is where I think rubber meets the roads in terms of, Expectations are higher. Comps are a little bit um, easier, and therefore uh, expectations are that we need to see more improvement. And I think you could you could have a situation where that causes a little bit more volatility in the market. But again, so far so good on what we're seeing uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Sure, and of course, you know we're just sitting down to have this conversation halfway through the quarter. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the quarter shakes up, and then obviously, as we you know as we move into the next quarter, of course, of, of the next year, uh, let's shift to another big area of focus here, Joseph, and that is interest rates. Really, kind of the talk of the town right now. Let's divvy up this next section, kind of almost into two parts. Uh, let's talk about what it means for the markets and where these these really higher interest rates and uh, you know are kind of leaving that ripple effect with the market. But then let's also talk about what what it means for government. What are you guys seeing on this end? Yeah, so th- this has been a big topic. Interest rates infiltrate through all parts of the real economy. If you're in a position where you have to get a mortgage right now, mortgage rates are you know as high as around eight percent um, levels we haven't seen in in years and years and years, and that is because general interest rates are, are much higher. If you look at the ten-year Treasury rate in the month of October, it's up almost um, twenty basis points. Um, it reached as high as 5% earlier in the month, a level we haven't seen, and kind of a, a pretty key level, um, you know, a nice round number we haven't seen since 2007. So you have to go back 20, what is that, 26 years, um, no, excuse me, 16 years. Um, but you have to go back quite a way before we saw levels, you know, where they are right now. And this is having a, an impact. Um, yeah equity prices really can't ignore interest rates just because interest rates are the level by which future earnings are discounted so that market participants price stocks. We kind of saw earlier in the year, they were shrugging off interest rates, but here lately, uh, it's our belief that um, the higher interest rate levels have really been a headwind toward, toward equities, which macro data continues to come in pretty strong. As we just said, earnings are coming in at least okay. 
Um, and yet stocks have really trailed um, since the end of July. And the, the best correlation that you can explain that by is the increase in, in interest rates. Um, so we think about the effect it has on the market, um, but it has a big impact on our government as well. And this is something that is kind of making its way through the news more and more. Um, if you think about interest rates in terms of GDP, in terms of tax revenues, if you think about the deficit, these are starting to become kind of more and more of a, a talking point. You know, you see it on the news and you see it, you know, just kind of everywhere right now. So if you if you look at the um, Congressional um, budget, uh, Budgetary Office, CBO, has come out with um, projections for where net interest costs are going relative to GDP. That level has been um, kind of in the one and a half to two percent um, type of range. And they're expected in the next few years for that to more than double up to four percent. Um, if you think about um, even outside the United States, if you think about developed market uh, public debt, um, this tends to spike as a percentage of GDP when we have recessions. If you think about the great financial crisis, if you think about, uh, you know, you go way back, you think about war world wars, um, periods where the governments has to fi finance big deficits um, at the same time the economy is slowing down this tends to spike. Well, right now we're in a post-pandemic era where the economy is relatively good, of course, and yet we're seeing those numbers go up. Uh, if you look at all developed markets, public debt as a percentage of GDP um, is reaching over 115%. That had pretty well leveled out post-great financial crisis at just over 100%. Um, so we're seeing a spike after COVID and then that continue to go up even in the face of a, a pretty good economy. You can kind of look at these different metrics and you see you can make the case that the government has a, a bit of a problem on its hands. And the famous investor, Paul Tudor Jones, was on CNBC uh, not too long ago saying that this can become sort of a vicious cycle where higher interest rates mean higher deficits, which means uh, more debt has to be issued by governments. And if more debt is issued, the market requires a higher premium for that debt, which means higher interest rates. And then you start the cycle sort of all over again. So, look, there's been concerns over the deficit, uh, you know, going back since the beginning of time. Uh, it was certainly a topic coming out of the great financial crisis and all the quantitative easings that took that took place at that time. So it's not to say that the government um, can't sustain a deficit. It just it's just really a point of saying that the current direction is not where we want to be, and, and the current direction to some extent at some point is probably unsustainable. So the market's kind of waking up to that and say, hey, look, we're going to charge you higher interest rate for what you're doing because you kind of got to get your your house in order. So mm -hmm. I think we'll see all that pans out. But right now it's, it's something that the market's uh, paying close attention to. Sure. Absolutely. I know you and your team are having conversations around these kind of two big areas, obviously halfway through uh, the earnings season here for, for quarter three, and then obviously the, the market uh, interest rates that you just mentioned. So uh, Joseph, I know that kind of brings what we had that we wanted to cover today, you know, to an end, but at the same time, Folks, these are conversations that I know Homer and his team, as well as Joseph and his team, are having regularly, uh, monitoring the situations as time goes on. When we get down uh, to to sit down and talk through kind of uh, the market updates surrounding 
our fourth quarter here of this year. A lot of new information is going to be available. So we're, I'm looking forward to sitting down with you, Joseph, and diving into that information when the time comes. But uh, uh, look, again, folks, for anybody out there, if they are interested in opening up a dialogue with the team, feel free to reach out, email Homer directly using the email at the bottom of your screen right now. You know, you get your questions answered and uh, open up that dialogue. But Joseph, look, we appreciate you, your time, your expertise, and uh, looking forward to having you back on the next one once we uh, close the book here uh, on the year. Yeah, yeah. Happy to, happy to be on. Look forward to talking with Homer next month and getting his view on things as well. But um, yeah, it's always a pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Joseph. And hey, look, folks, we're going to take one final moment before we wrap up today's episode. And thank you all for taking a moment to stop by and be with us on the show. If you did take anything away from today's discussion, any of the bullet points that Joseph shared, you benefited from it. Well, make sure you subscribe to the show on whichever platform you checked us out on today. That way you never miss out on a future conversation where Homer, myself, maybe Joseph dive into the market. We dive into wealth management topics, any of these conversations where we explore different financial solutions that could be helpful for you and yours. So by subscribing, you'll never miss out on any of those future content. But for Joseph, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Advance Your Wealth. All opinions expressed by Homer Smith are solely Smith's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Integrated Wealth Concepts, LLC, Integrated, or its parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated by Smith on television, radio, internet, or another medium. We should not treat any opinion expressed by Smith as a specific inducement to make particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Smith's opinions are based on information he considers reliable, but neither integrated nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Smith, integrated, its affiliates and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided. Smith's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Neither Smith nor Integrated guarantees any specific outcome or profit. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed by Smith or anyone else. Strategies or investments discussed may fluctuate in price or value. Investors may get back less than invested. Investments or strategies mentioned on this website or in the show may not be suitable for you. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned by Smith. Before acting on information you hear, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Investment advice offered through Integrated Financial Partners, a registered investment advisor. Integrated Financial Partners provides investment advisory services through several doing business as names. The information in this material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Integrated Financial Partners does not provide legal, tax, mortgage advice, or services. Integrated Partners and Convergent Wealth Partners are separate entities from Aptis Capital Advisors.